what's up y'all as always thanks for listening welcome to the good news cast um i'm colin coates here with jeff hatton as always colin and uh we are fresh off of a barbecue lunch and stuff things seem slow and incomprehensible about to say yeah i'm noticing my oh yeah my energy is starting to drop drastically slurred speech things of that nature <laughs> we're not having a stroke it's uh it's just a big barbecue lunch yeah, yeah, so yeah. and there was no adult beverages at this lunch either mm-hmm. i mean it was just meat and water and water yeah the meat sweats um, uh all right what are we doing today here's what we're gonna do uh we are gonna talk about we do this podcast first for our own church Okay. Yes. Secondly, to get famous and rich. Yes, money. What some people say to get rich and famous, we say to get famous and rich. Yes. Because we don't care about the rich part, just the famous part. Amen. Um, secondly, we do it to get famous, but first we do it for our own church. And so we're going to talk about this past uh, Sunday sermon. Yeah. Um, we'll tease a little bit. You'll tease a little bit on what's to come mm-hmm. this Sunday. Why do we do that? I for whatever reason, probably because I, I wasn't paying attention growing up in church. I grew up in church, but I wasn't paying attention until high school. Um, but I will say that that even when I was started to pay attention in high school, for me, church was, I had Sunday morning, uh, but then we would do like a separate, again, maybe this is because I'm stupid, but disconnected Bible study, like on yeah. a different topic, right? right? So for me, the Sunday sermon really ended like, once the preacher said amen and like prayed to it was wrap over. it up, yeah. I only really thought about it if like something was really impactful or whatever. Yeah. Um, and over the years, over the years, over the years, have much more come into the discipline being being intentional about going, man. A Sunday sermon, I heard a pastor once describe it as like a, a, a thesis, a new thesis every single week yeah. is what's being written and communicated. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and so, man, that should drive us into the rest of the week. And so at our church, we, we do sermon-based. One of the only structures to our small groups is sermon-based discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, but again, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of backstory cause it could sound like, oh, that sounds kind of like a, uh, underwhelming thing to say, let's talk about the sermon, yeah. but it's because it's a, it's a huge deal. It is a huge What deal. you did on Sunday, what a preacher does on Sunday, if right. they're, if they're being attentive to the word of God and really diving into it and doing their best to communicate it and understand it and communicate it, hopefully we're taking that and go, let's be intentional to really reflect on it. So that's why we're doing this. We'll reflect on on Sunday sermon. Talk about this coming Sunday, and uh, and then I make might uh, incorporate some comments on um, the Mars Hill podcast. Uh, it's called the Rise and Fall of mm. Mars Hill. A lot of people have been listening to that um, about Mark Driscoll and and Mars Hill and all that. And I think what we're going to talk about, what you're going to talk about, applies. Yeah. So I might riff on. Did that. Did you have your community group this past Sunday? No, we have it this Sunday. You have it this Sunday. Me like twice a month. Yeah, that's good. I was just going to see what was kind of on the forethought of yeah. your community group. Now, ours, we had ours this past Sunday, so. We'll yeah. probably incorporate it this coming Sunday. We'll probably end up talking about like the past two weeks. Yeah. I think. No, everybody's been pretty much still in shock over Ehud, even in our yeah. community group. Um, yeah, so we looked at it past two weeks. We've looked at Ehud and saw a scandalous text. And then this past Sunday, we were in Galatians because we're flipping back and forth, right? 
uh, at a scandalous message. So it was fascinating to see that even, you know, a week later, uh, everybody still wanted to talk about Ehud. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although the... uh, this past Sunday, the scandalous message also was resonating with people. This whole, this whole issue being justified uh, mm-hmm. by faith and not by works. Uh, yeah, it's good. From Galatians two, which yeah. I would say, if you've never read any of the Bible, a perfect place to start is the story of Ehud. <laughs> That'll give you a good snapshot, <laughs> right? Yeah. Start there. Start there. Yeah, Ehud. Um, okay, so you were in Galatians 2, Galatians 2, um, incredible passage about Paul, the Apostle Paul, confronting um, Peter. Yeah. So real conflict put on blast in the scriptures. Amazing. Which, um, yeah, I hope to meet Peter one day. Just that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the stories about his life that are inscripturated are yeah Yeah, horrific pretty unbelievable i mean seriously it's like you would not pretty unbelievable yeah knowing that peter's alive in heaven right now i feel actually somewhat (laughs) hesitant to talk about him but um Uh but it is one of those things like i imagine meeting him well geez this is i'm making a joke here but like you almost wonder if he'd be like yeah yeah i know that i was wrong but let me explain dude okay yes. get off my back yes you know just I know i was he told me to walk on water i know but i but i sank i mean it's just just kind of this like aggressive i yeah. don't know i would love to meet him i know um one day so you were in galatians 2 yeah paul confronts peter yeah um talks about not being in step with the gospel and then this amazing passage about justification by works yeah Any, I, i've got uh one reflection yeah do go with it I'm, I'm i would like to hear what so so you said in the sermon you talked about justification heals um hearts hmm. and that really stuck out to me because even though i'm a i'm a guy who's going to be a proponent of we need the gospel um i was thinking about, you know, how even if a preacher, a Bible communicator thinks the whole point of his communication is like better behavior, let's say. Right. The whole point is better, be- not even a changed heart, just, well, just better behavior, yeah. like greater sanctification, just whatever. Just do it, yep. Um, even then, even then, um, they better focus on the gospel in their preaching. It sounds a little ironic, but it's, even if you think your whole end goal is like, uh, real sanctification. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times that person concludes, well, if that's the case, then I need to talk all about sanctification all the time. If I want greater conformity to God's law, then I better talk about, about God's law all the time. Right. That should be my central emphatic, uh, message. Yeah. Uh, which of course God's law is in the Bible. It should be preached. I'm talking about like what's the central, emphatic, dominant message. Yeah, it sounds a little like ironic. Maybe that's not not the right word. Um, but um, actually, okay, hey, f- that's fine. Okay, you you want you just think preaching is all about sanctification and and people being changed. You think that's all? That's it? Okay, yeah. you better preach the gospel. Yeah, because what changes people? Yeah, the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so you talked about, you, you said, and what stuck out, justification heals hearts, where Peter is, um, he's the apostle to the circumcised. Yes. 
and uh, the circumcision party comes or whatever, and he shrinks back and he yeah. starts only kicking it with them and yep. drawing these dividing lines. Yep. That Paul goes, whoa, 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 whoa! You believe that we're saved by grace, but you're acting like you're acting like well, the Gentiles have to do something to be saved or to be a part of the club or yeah. to be on the varsity team. Be a certain race. They've got to do something. They've got to do God's law. Yeah. Um, uh, you're out of step with the gospel. The gospel is not, um, you know, you, you talked about, we, we believe the gospel, yes, but we don't believe it perfectly. And even yep. Peter, who walked with Jesus, um, clearly didn't believe it perfectly. He struggled yes. to fully embrace it. He, he yeah. Um, and, and okay, so point uh, that I'm trying to make here is that what did he need in that moment? And I thought it was so great how you talked about, I think you said this, like he didn't need this 12-step discipleship manual to better behavior. Yeah. No, the, the, the core of it was he needed the gospel to sink a bit deeper, Yep. Uh, to take over a bit more, Yep. where um, that it literally would change his heart and it would even affect his outward behavior. Amazing. Um, to, to really right. let grace sink in for, hey, Peter, don't you know that God accepts you on the basis of Christ? Yeah. Not your circumcision? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe that. Okay, if you believe that, then why aren't you eating with the gent? Why aren't you going to get barbecue yeah. with the Gentiles? Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, okay. So he needed to hear the gospel again. Again. And he's it's the apostle Peter. Yeah. You know, crazy and talked with Jesus for years. Um, I thought that was just huge. It was just such a clear, oh yeah, this is the gospel in action in the life of a Christian right and here. It, yeah, and so you saw justification by faith actually heal um, unwelcomeness, Yeah, actually heal disapproval, uh, actually heal someone who's critical of someone else, actually heal someone who's withholding a relationship to another race, which was mm -hmm. the Gentiles. So there's a form of racism here. So mm -hmm. justification by faith healed Peter's racist heart, healed Peter's uh, sense of superiority or religious superiority or even nationalism, national superiority, right, over the Gentiles. Phenomenal. It made him healthy. I mean, that one line when when Paul does address Peter, he says that he saw that he was out of line. It's that ortho orthodontist, orthodontist, straight teeth, mm -hmm. it's orthopraxy, it's where we get that term, orthodoxy. Uh, he was out of line, out of step with the gospel. So the gospel, even for Paul in that text, was being treated in a comprehensive way. Mm -hmm. It was being treated as a, a way to, you actually live in the gospel, you breathe in the air of the gospel, you, you are a fish and your water is the gospel. That's the Christian. He can't escape it. And Peter had gotten out. He had uh, stepped out of line with it. It's just, it is absolutely fascinating because he could have said to him, you know, you know, here's 10 steps to whatever. He could have said, you know, why don't you be more like Moses? You know, why don't, he could have said a bunch of things that we actually do today uh, to change a heart. And even today in our discussion on racism, I don't hear too many people saying that the answer to racism is justification by faith. Mm -mm. Um, it's more how to be an anti-racist. It's more how to uh, overthrow the oppressor and so that you become the oppressor. I mean, so, but for Paul and for the Bible, 
justification by faith reaches you and heals you as a Christian. And that's what's so crazy is that Peter, if you look at Peter's greatest hits, he is the absolute worst Christian who ever lived. Mm-hmm. And God justified him. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where we get to the scandalous. For me, what was what I began to see, it was easy to come off the theme of a scandalous text with Ehud. If you haven't, if you haven't read that text, uh, read it, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It's a scandalous text. Anybody reading that would blanch and you'd gulp and you'd swallow and you do what most translators do, which is you try to smooth out its innuendos and smooth out its intended meaning so that it doesn't mean what it actually says it means, which a lot of translations do. But in the Hebrew, it's real clear. All the double entendres, all the rich images and metaphors and sleight of hand, uh, an Israelite would have been hooping and hollering. Uh, over what was happening, this the folly of evil, the downfall of evil. But you read that, it's easy to talk about a scandalous text. But when I was thinking about a, this, this message in Galatia and Paul and Peter's interaction, it was, a, it was a scandalous interaction because it was over a scandalous message. And the heart of the scandal of the message is that God actually justifies the evil, mm-hmm. that he actually accepts mm-hmm. The disapproved, he um, he welcomes and makes friends with, and actually makes declares righteous uh, the Ehuds of the world, and the Eglons of the world, and the Moabites and the ungodly. So uh, that's where the scandal comes, and that's why justification by faith is so hard to believe, and mm. it's so hard to understand, and it's so hard to accept because. You can't live a justification-free life. We are wired for justification. There's no one out here listening right now that is not wired for justification. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as a justification-free life, a justification-free relationship, a justification-free way to relate to culture, to your money, to sex, to your friends, to community, to your education, to your work, to your play. Everyone is in the world of justification. Mm -hmm. The issue is whether you're going to live by a justification by faith or a justification by works of the law. That's the two ways to live in this text. That's all you got. Mm -hmm. Um, And what keeps us from this justification by faith way to live is we don't recognize the scandal. The scandal is the justification by faith way means that you're the ungodly, you're the unacceptable, you're the nothing, and that it's not about what you do, but it's about what someone else has done, and that's why it's justification by faith, trusting in what someone else has done to actually justify you. That's so radical, and it's, it heals Christians, and it makes Christians and churches healthy. Mm-hmm. It would heal racism today. It would, it, it's the answer uh, to all the... Um, well, the brokenness and the messiness and the, the ugliness that's in our hearts and in our relationships and in our culture. Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right. A uh, little bit of a, uh, you're going to be talking about a little bit of a teaser for this Sunday. You're going to be talking about power and weakness. You don't have to like put it all together, right. you know, in terms of it's as, not uh, together. Yeah. So I can't do that. You're still in the passage, but yeah. um, what is a little bit of what's uh, to come? Because I think it, you're going to talk about this of power and weakness, and I think it absolutely relates to uh, justification. Like we yeah. are totally weak, 
totally bring nothing to the table. Yeah. And yet there we find what? The power of the gospel. Yeah. It seemed, you know, again, we're going back and forth uh, here at Redeemer between Judges and Galatians. So now we're back uh, into Judges. And so the next judge or judges, however you want to look at it, the next cycle is uh, uh, Deborah, Barak, and Jael. Um, so there's many issues that you got to kind of swim through to figure out how you're actually going to understand the meaning of the text because there's a legit traditional view of this text and a legit uh, what could be called a liberal view of this text. Um, and those seem to be the two dominating views. Um, and so I'm, I'm actually not going to go in, in any of those directions. So that's a teaser. <laughs> so you got you got to be there on Sunday to figure out which way we are going to go. So I see it the text uh and a good majority of those in our tradition in the traditional part of our tradition sees it the same way and uh so you have basically um three folks, three snapshots of people that have actually started to internalize a deliverer and internalize a deliverance by grace, by faith, right? And it changes them. And so they're the only three healthy people in the text and the only three that end up able to actually uh, engage and rise up and be a part of what God is doing. Um, There's going to be other tribes in that text that uh, stay home. Um, And it's really interesting. Well, why do they stay home? Uh, You've got three people that are incredibly weak, but end up being incredibly uh, engaged in the power of God, right? And then you've got these tribes that thought of themselves as powerful, but because they did, in the end, they ended up being incredibly weak and stayed home. They didn't engage the, the fight. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's, an, it's a fascinating passage on if Paul was here, he'd say, hey, uh, I boast in my weakness because in my weakness... His power is made perfect in me. It's manifested, displayed, experienced, demonstrated, glorified, exalted, enjoyed, um, all of that. And I think that's what this passage is about. It's about three really weak people. But holy cow, watch what happens. Mm -hmm. Watch the power of God manifest itself in the weakness of three people. And then a a whole tribe, tribes. I think there was a couple tribes from the north that were thought of themselves, really thought very highly of themselves. But because they did, they thought very highly of their own power. They are actually crippled when it really mattered and became weak and stayed home. Mm -hmm. Were afraid to engage. Fascinating passage. I've been listening to the Mars Hill, Rising Fall of Mars Hill podcast, um, which you need to listen How to. How many? I know. I told I you this. Do. I told you this. Yes, I do. How many uh, are there? Well, there's like, I don't know. They just put out like s- number seven or something. Oh, so they're still putting it out. Which, yeah. Beside this, beside the point, which some of them, some of them are a little bit, and most people I've said this to kind of agree, a little bit kind of a, uh, not reaching, but almost like, are you just trying to create more content? Like yeah. you've kind of run out, but you're kind of creating more because this thing creates some off. hype. Because I'm like, really, the, the, they did great pretty good work great work in the first like three or four but uh you know a big a big part of the the rise and fall of mars hill which you don't know mars hill was a church that i don't know was planted in seattle let's say like in 2000 2005 ish whatever 
uh, that that blew up into really a mega church. I think like around Seattle, they might have had around like ten thousand members or something Jeez. in Seattle. You know, not the Bible Belt. Mm. Um, then they started to plant like around the country, or at least kind of like bring churches into their world, like in Albuquerque, maybe Oregon. And then it just all imploded some years ago. Um, Mark Driscoll being the pastor, and um, uh, he ended up it just just a lot of complaints basically being charged against him, and mm. um, uh, started to be from his own elders, and ended up quitting, and the whole thing like shut down. Hmm. Uh, I point, mean, it shut down, right? There's, oh, yeah. Like the, that, that ten thousand just went away. I mean, the crazy thing from the podcast, if I remember correctly that he quit and like the next Sunday or, or something, I think Rick Warren uh, was doing like, like gave the video sermon and said something to the effect of like on this last Sunday at Mars Hill. And uh, apparently people were like, what? That's amazing. This I is mean, the not last like one? A, not like an, we're going to put together a, a search committee and yeah. get another pastor. So clearly, obviously very celebrity pastor culture. Yep. You know, rises and falls with the with the celebrity pastor. He goes away, the whole church implodes. Yeah. So like it's like my nightmare, honestly. Like give your life to pastoring and then find out that you leave and like it implodes. It implodes. Gosh. Um yeah. I mean I so like well, that's beside the point. But here's here is the point. Weakness, power. A big part of the downfall is is kind of uh, targeting this kind of uh, domineering um leadership domineering spirit hmm. leadership from from mark and and probably surely many of his uh, uh other uh, you Leaders. know staff i'm sure yeah. he wasn't like alone in it right sure. you've got to have supporting team members who are on board and probably like that hmm. but it was interesting because mark was known for it's all about jesus i mean he he was very influential with like Hey, we've got to come back to Jesus. This is all about Jesus. We've got to get away from just this like moralism or this like, um, you know, not real Christianity. And that's kind of one of the big ironies of the whole thing. That's yeah, that is incredibly is we're talking about. Okay, it's all about Jesus, which means it's not about me and my power and my work and my works and me being great and and all these things. It's about Jesus and His works and Him being great. And these are sh- certainly things Mark preached again and again and again, and yet a mark of his leadership was apparently very um, self-trusting. You know, like huh. I'm the guy, yeah. and I'm going to make it happen, and um, and and what have you. So uh, it, it's it's uh, talking about weakness and power that it, it shows how the gospel even shapes how you lead, how you lead at your business, how you lead your company. Um, whatever it might be, that uh, that hopefully by God's grace, to a certain measure, there's this mark of uh, I'm not trusting in myself to make things happen here at mm. Redeemer, our church. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm. It's it's really up to God. And like, well, He gave us a bat. We'll swing. He told us to swing. We'll swing. But at the end of the day, even in mid swing, I'm sitting here thinking about, I don't even know how to swing a baseball bat. I, I, I you know, I'm <laughs> right. so weak in all these areas. Right, right. Hopefully we have the humility to, to know that, see that, mm. and then trust Jesus. And yeah. again, it's uh, going back to how we started this whole podcast. That's how the gospel heals our hearts. It, it allows us to go, to be honest, mm. I am weak, period. Without a doubt. I am weak. I am sinful. 
Um, I can't control almost anything, you know, in my life, in my world. Um, to God be the glory. I trust him. He'll take care of me. He'll take care of our church. He'll take care of my business, whatever it is, mm. you know? Um, and there is where, uh, God's glory shines. And, um, but it did make me think of, of everything I've been hearing from this, this Mars Hill podcast about, and, and that's one of the ironies I think they talk in the podcast of, it is ironic that it, the message was, it's all about Jesus, but it seemed to be so opposite. That's just so frightening, mm-hmm. right? So frightening. But it, it also is, I mean, look at Peter, right? Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I was just thinking just now, just the second was, you know, maybe, maybe, and I think they talk about this, that it seems like anytime anyone barely bucked Mark, yeah, they essentially were fired. So it's like, what would have happened if, if there was some really unhealthy setup in the apostolic church where Paul, uh, confronts Peter and then somehow Paul just gets like fired and he's out, you know, (laughs) he's no longer an apostle, but that's not how it was. Yeah. No, because no one was bigger than the mission or the message. So Paul is confronting Peter ultimately not on the basis of Paul's authority at all, but on the basis of the authority of the gospel. And it seems like that wasn't happening at Mars Hill. And yeah. with Mark, where, hey, Mark, you're not bigger than the mission. You're not bigger than the message. You said this on Sunday, but you're doing this Monday through Saturday. Yeah, too. Um, it seemed like the person became. Right. Uh, anyway, rather than just going, yeah, I'm weak here, 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 yeah. here, and here, and here, you know, and I need to repent here, 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 and here. Yeah. Um, to not but that makes away. it so healthy, too, at the same sense that the, the problem actually is the solution. It's turning back mm-hmm. to your first love. It's mm-hmm. going back to your first love. So you think about Peter, and it struck me that in order for these home churches within this Galatian world that were strung together and connected, um, in order for them to all begin to experience the dividing walls and the uh, withholding of relationship and the not accepting of uh, Gentile Christians, that that had to take a while. That wasn't mm-hmm. because he skipped one meal with them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because this, this follow-up leadership team that went out to follow up on Paul's work and make sure he did it right. That's what the circumcision party was. Uh, it, it had to... had. It had to settle into the culture of the church. And so I just, again, I love it. I love that Paul went up to him and just reached Peter with the gospel and basically said, you don't need, you don't need these dudes' approval. You've already got Jesus' approval. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. Peter comes to his senses. All of a sudden, his heart's reached. I've got the righteousness of Christ. I have cosmic acceptance. I don't need their acceptance. Uh, Powerful. Powerful, powerful. This makes me think too, and we'll wrap it up here. Of you know, you and I have been talking about church planting, and um, and in one sense, we're we can dream really big, yeah. And and even as you're sitting there, someone who's dreaming, all of a sudden it can feel like, well, how's any of that ever going to happen? You know, like, right? How everything? Um, but this is it's it's the whole power in weakness of going. Yeah. I don't know, but God's done far bigger things. Yes, he has. You know? Yeah. So, like, this is minuscule. Uh-huh. Like, if he wants it to happen, you know, again, we'll swing. He'll put the ball on the tee or he won't, yeah. you know? And um, uh, in, in thinking about Redeemer planting churches over the coming years, planting, reaching more of Central Texas, you know, even rural church planting of, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, it's got to be a lot easier to be like, hey, do you want to go plant a church in this really cool big city with a great food scene as opposed to like, yeah, not that, not to name names, but we're surrounded <laughs> right. by a lot of it, you know? Um, no, that's exactly right. They're, these towns are not on anyone's church planning map. Right. They're not even on like the, the United States Postal Service no. map, I don't think. I no. don't think they deliver mail there, no. you know? Um, so the church planner is not only going to introduce them to Jesus, but the internet. So... Uh, that's, you know, how's that going to happen? Uh, uh, that was really good. God. So that's right. Um, all right, guys, as always, thanks for listening. If you have anything you want uh, us to talk about, text us, email us, reach out on goodnews.goodadvice.com. Until next time. Peace.